All right, welcome in. Audio-only version of the Horse Racing Happy Hour. Also a Louis-only version of the Horse Racing Happy Hour. Thanks for joining us this week. I am Louis Rabot. Thanks so much for joining us on Pennsylvania Derby Weekend. Uh, wanted to talk about a few things, just a very successful Iroquois Polkahannas night at Churchill Downs and then Medina Spirit and the Baffert Barn decision not to ship for the Pennsylvania Derby um, and in how I feel about all of those things. Um, on top of that, of course, comes the uh, in the cotillion as well, uh, not uh, not shipping uh, private mission as well. So I uh, wanted to get to those things. Just a, a quick kudos to Churchill Downs for a really fun evening. Uh, for a Downs After Dark in the U of L themed uh, Downs After Dark with uh, Louisville Live and all those things could not have gone better. I think uh, it was a nice change of pace, frankly, on the big board from the the type of handicapping that's done at Churchill Downs over the big board. It was it was nice to have uh, you know Angel McCautry and a three point contest and all those sorts of things going on at uh, at Churchill Downs instead of just the normal uh, run of the mill things. Over twenty thousand people showed up, so obviously. I was not the only person who was interested in going that night. Obviously I went from more for Iroquois and Pocahontas Derby and Oaks preps, but uh, you know, it, it worked out as a nice evening and I was, I was pretty pleased with, with the turnout and, and the crowd was, it was fun. It was, it was just fun. People were in a good mood and, and really you could tell that they were there and having a good time. And it was as loud as I can remember for a non-major weekend in a while. So it was fun that way. Kind of chalked out in the in the Pocahontas, which was interesting. I thought that was kind of more the open, open-ended race, but uh, Hidden Connection comes through. She comes flying in, and Pletcher has done a great job with two-year-olds this year, so no shock there. Also, you know, in that Iroquois field, we get we get kind of an upset winner, but not really, and and uh, so we get we get a class night out of that pair of races, and so that, that was nice as well, and and just just a good night of racing all all around Churchill's managed to put together some good cards without that turf course, which I imagine for anyone in that racing office is unusual and not terribly easy. And so kudos to them for, for also finishing or fi uh, fixing that and, and figuring out uh, how to uh, put together a good all dirt card. Something that other tracks, you know, have to deal with. Maybe it's a turf way within Kentucky with just the Tapita or say in Oakland park down in Arkansas with just the dirt course. So it's not as though it's unprecedented, but, Interesting and good to see that, that Churchill has made the, the proper adjustment because, like I said, the fields have been very good and the cards have been very good. Um, Medina Spirit not shipping for the Pennsylvania Derby. And I, and I think it's really reasonable to question um, why and how this decision was made. And to me, it, it, it reeks of a lot of problems because when you, when you say, well, I don't like the post position, the nine, for Medina Spirit, that is fine. Let's say that that was true. Well, it, it flies in the face of what Bob Afford said right before the post draw, which was that he said, hey, they have all the, quote, they have all the heavyweights right next to each other. Once they draw, we don't worry about it. The break is important no matter what post they have. End quote. So Tim Wilkin, friend of the show, at TJ Wilkin on Twitter. You should definitely go find his work, LBD Times Union, and, and lots of other things. Gets the break from Baffert. Baffert goes to him to tell him that Medina Spirit's not shipping. And he says to him, I don't like the way he drew about the nine, the nine hole. Now, Ed DeRosa, who does a really good job with statistics and different things on Twitter, points out that in mile and eighth races at parks, the nine hole has the highest win percentage. 
So simply put, historically, in context, this is a terrible decision. It's impossible not to note that Authentic broke from the outside of the Kentucky Derby, went to the front, and stayed in the front. And so none of this adds up. It also doesn't add up that private mission is not flying in for the cotillion. And I, I've written about this in the LA Times. I, I've talked about it in other places. Where there is smoke, there is usually fire. And I made the either Baffert is more like Lance Armstrong, and you and you just have to believe it and go with it, and you know uh, live strong and all those things that came with being a Lance Armstrong fan. And then you find out it's it's not real, and and unfortunately for those of us in racing, it would mean that possibly. Two Triple Crowns weren't real. The only ones in my lifetime. I was born after 1978. So those didn't happen even in my lifetime. Not that I could remember them even. That they didn't happen in my lifetime. I, I remember standing at Churchill Downs with my son when Pharaoh crossed the finish line first at the Belmont. I remember watching Justify cross the finish line first in the Belmont. and Thinking, how the hell did Gronkowski get second place in this race? What if those are lies? What if that, that shaking grandstand at Belmont is a lie? Twice. And that's what we have to face in the sport at this point. It's really difficult. and It's not comfortable. Or is Baffert LeBron James? And I made this comparison as well on the top. That I think LeBron could play 10 more seasons, win, go to 10 finals, win eight titles. And the, the Jordan GOAT people would say Jordan is still the GOAT. There's literally nothing LeBron can do to change their minds. And I think that there's a subset of horse racing fans that no matter what Bob Baffert does, he's Bob, bad Bob, never going to get over that hump. He'll always be bad to them. And with stuff like this, it just does not smell right. When you could just say, by the way, I didn't have the type of training this week with horses that I wanted. By the way, coming in, Medina Spirits, workouts, Bullet, Santa Anita, Buck 11 and a six for a longer Del Mar. Bullet at Del Mar. A Buck 11, six for a longer Bullet at Del Mar. Bullet at Del Mar. That's his last five workouts. So you can't really say he doesn't look good in training because he does. Won his last, he won the shared belief uh, over Rocky World, comfortably, frankly. Was ahead for. Gosh, just in a mile race for the last, what, eighth of a mile? A little more than that? So it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right that this horse gets stretched and you don't bring your oaks, your cotillion horse in private mission. Flavian was set to be aboard on private mission. It's kicking the, kicking the bleep for him, right? She wins Toy Pines. She's ready to go. Wins it in a mile, buck 37, four lengths, six and a half lengths, what am I saying? Over I'm so Anna, who's a nice horse herself. Interesting horse coming in. Too bad we won't get to see her. Dina Spira comes in off a hundred speed figure in the shared belief. John Velasquez ready to go. He's there. Not gonna be able to ride. And so just doesn't smell good. And uh, and it it's getting old, frankly. Um, by the way, uh, private mission is pointing to a two hundred thousand dollar race. After this, and uh, Medina Spirits pointing to a three hundred thousand dollars race, both at Santa Anita, and um, so if you're in their ownership, I don't know what you're thinking, but it, it can't be very good thoughts, frankly, because that's those are not comparable things. A million dollars in the Cotillion, a million dollars in the Pennsylvania Derby.
So I um, just want to share those thoughts because I think that uh, I think many of you were probably wondering either, you know, do other people think like I do, or uh, even if you listen to the show often, does, does Louie think like I do? And so um, let's head out to parks though. I, I, I handicapped the last six races on the card, starting with race eight. Um, there is no late pick six. Um, and so it's, I'm not giving out a pick six here, but there is a pick four that starts with race eight that I think is really interesting and is worth playing. And I think you can play it for an amount that uh, makes it worthwhile and I think could pay off pretty well if it does hit. And so we'll start with race eight, which I'm going to, it is the, uh, the grade three Greenwood Cup. It is a mile and a half on the dirt. It's for three-year-olds and up. It's $200,000. Uh, shout out to the, the folks at Parks. There's $3 million in purses just in the last six races. No race has less than 50 grand in its purse this weekend on Saturday. And all of the maiden special rates are $80,000. So this is, this is, you know, you can go to parks and you can, you can have very high level horses and run for serious purses at parks on Saturday. So good for them. It's a, uh, it's their big day of the year. And you know what? They're, they're acting like it. So good for them. And uh, the Greenwood cup is, is race eight. It's grade three. And is the first race I'm going to talk about here. I'm punching all in this race. And there's a, there's a fair amount of evidence that I think that I'm right. So, for example, the only horse in this race that's won at this distance at a mile and a half is Looking at Roses, who won at Parks at this distance in March. Okay, now it's an allowance, mid-level allowance at uh, at Parks, but won at the distance, won comfortably by over a length, and just kind of cruised to the front and stayed out front uh, once he got there. So he's used to the three turns at Parks. Came back, by the way, after that, two months later in May, or month and six weeks later in May. And one over two turns at a mile and a 16th in an optional claimer. So it's not like this horse gave it all. It beat Super Dude in that race, by the way. It's not like this horse just gave it all. That horse is eight to one and doesn't have a jockey assigned yet. <laughs> right? So wh- what are we looking at here? Would we, would we look back if that horse ended up winning? Go, why didn't I, why didn't I play that horse? Because by the way, I think Flavor and Pratt's going Maybe Pratt jumps on. But when we look at the horse and go, that's the only horse that's ever won at this distance. He won it at this racetrack this year right this five-year-old gelding dad is looking at lucky um so this is you know this is a it's a nice a nice horse right and so if he ended up winning eight to one morning line without a jockey that, that tells you something right so there's other horses in this race that you've heard of so like seafoam is in this race seafoam won his last two races eight to one coming in last two wins at saratoga over two full turns mile and an eighth okay two for three this year so it's moving to the uh, Michelle John Julio bar and has won over a hundred thousand dollars, including in a listed stakes, no Lasix last time out at Saratoga. And so that horse comes in is the eight horse is eight to one last samurai is in this race. We know last samurai from the Southwest and from the Arkansas Derby goes and tries to do dueling grounds Derby at Kentucky, uh, Kentucky downs because everybody tries that. Doesn't like the yielding go over a mile and five sixteenths. That's fine. That doesn't bother me. Before that, though, runs at a mile and an eighth at Colonial. In an optional cleaner, wins. And by the way, comes from seventh to first in the last eighth of a mile. You're telling me that horse can't come up and win at a mile and a half? I, I think it can. And so, to me, wide open. Moretti's actually the favorite here. Three to, uh, two to one, the three horse. Louis Saez, Todd Pletcher. Horse hasn't won since last year. Has one run one time at this distance, ran third. And that was in the Brooklyn at Belmont. So that's literally starting at the finish line and coming back to the finish line at Belmont. And that was in July, that was in June of this year. 
Horses 0 for 4 this year, two third places. They try him in uh, Sword Panther at Saratoga at a mile and a half. No dice. Didn't like the turf. Finished dead last by 34 lengths. That's your two to one favorite. That means I'm punching all because I don't trust that favorite at all. Now, of course, that means Murray's going to win for fun, right? Fletcher clearly thinks the horse is going on distance. He's trying to figure out what to do with this five year old. But to me, um, it, it simply isn't where to go. Math Wizard, the two. Picks up uh, Ricardo Santana Jr. for the first time since the British Cup Classic in 2019. This horse has been all over the place. Only run twice this year, so they're just going to try to stretch the horse out. Ran okay in the Alidar. Um, ran third, uh, but was beaten by 10 lengths. Um, last time out at Saratoga at a mile and an eighth. Lost to Art Collector in Night Ops. No shame in that, right? Because that horse jumped up. Sure. Can we get a longer shot than that? Sure. I don't know. Magic Michael. Nice name for a horse. Been running at Monmouth, Pimlico, Delaware. Is four for nine this year with three second places. So hit the board seven out of nine. Is six for seven lifetime at parks. Is one over two turns a couple of times this year. Could that horse win this race? I don't know. But we're talking about absolute parks royalty there with trainer Jamie Ness and Pennington on the horse uh, in the ride. 35% these two teaming up at parks. Could that horse win? Sure. That's why I'm punching all. And I haven't even mentioned everybody. So there you go. The next race is uh, race nine, starts the late pick five. And usually the pick five at parks is a jackpot pick five. So don't play it. This weekend, it's it's mandatory pay on Saturday. So you can play it this weekend, starting race nine, the grade three, the turf monster. Five furlongs on the turf, so not too monstrous. Three-year-olds and up $300,000. Some names in here that a lot of people who follow turf racing are going to know. Beer Can Man is actually uh, flying in from California. Mark Lett, Flavian Pratt. Uh, Juan Hernandez has actually been riding this horse in California. Flavian's obviously going to be in town, so they just pick him up to do that. One in an allowance race, high level at Del Mar, over five furlongs last time out, and uh, looked really good doing it, frankly. And so uh, comes in. I like the ship for that horse here. I think it's a good idea. I landed on three other horses, though, for my longer tickets. The five Fire Crow finally got to try turf again for the first time in a long time, last time out at Pimlico in May, and won the turf sprint. $100,000 listed stakes, five furlongs, 55 seconds um, over the critical way, who was calling on to uh, be a nice horse as his uh, completed pass who ran third in that race. So Joel Rosario that day gets Joel Rosario again. Ron Moquette's been training this horse in Louisville. The workouts have been bullet, bullet. And so the horse worked at Saratoga two works out ago, four furlongs, 46 seconds. Churchill Downs last time, four furlongs, 46 seconds again. Both bullets. Horse is working great. Um, Ron Moquette hits a 14% on this amount of time off. And uh, one last start at 15%. So to me, this is a this is a play. Him and Joel this year hitting at 20%. Um, I think you'd be crazy to leave out the eight Caravelle, Jose Ortiz, Grand Motion. Horse won three in a row before uh, last time out in the in the Hollander at, um, at Woodbine and lost to uh, Simon Potent Admiral the Pier. Um, was beaten pretty soundly by uh, a length of three quarters, but had I read last time, get to Jose here. I like the setup a little bit better here. Six furlongs at uh, Woodbine. We're only going five here. Got caught at Woodbine. Doesn't have to do that here. Doesn't have to go that extra eighth of a mile. So um, at the distance, five for five lifetime. So the eight is an absolute include. That's Caravelle. And then I included the 12, Admiral Abe. So this is a bit of a launch at 12 to one here. Has one to his last three. One last time out at Parks over a sloppy go in a listed stakes. Ran a huge number. 
has never won on turf at this distance, but I think is a real serious contender here um, for that spot. So I'm going to play three horses here because I just, it's a hunch play on the 12, five, eight, and 12. Just get that right break. Just get up to the front um, and stay up there uh, with, uh, with Moscow and Gonzalez here, who also hit at 36% at park. So they are part of that parks royalty. I will take them as well. So included in this leg, I will have the five, eight, and 12. And then we get to the, uh, the grade two gallant Bob six furlongs on the dirt for three-year-olds. It's a $300,000 race. So this is one of the, the top sprinting races just uh, for three-year-olds. And, you know, I was going through this race. about how oh, real talk is here. Awesome. Jerry is here. Picking time is here. Oh, these are really good prices. Why? Oh, Jackie's warrior. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, when you progress through, you know, what I probably should start doing is just going to Equibase before I look at these, seeing the listed names of horses rather than looking at the odds and saying, okay, who do I know here? Do, do I want to, but I also don't want to prejudice myself. Like if there's a horse that I just haven't been following because they've been running in Maryland, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, whatever, and we're going to parks for the weekend, you know, I don't want to do that to myself. And then uh, Jackie's warrior pops up. And, and it is a, night and day sort of thing to see Jackie's warrior in this company. And so I'll go ahead and single here. I'm going to single Jackie's warrior. This is the leg where I will let the horse beat me last weekend at Churchill Downs. We talked about that with she dares the devil. She came through for us. So this is the, this is the race where we will let the four to five morning line favorite beat us. That is the seven in race 10. His name is Jackie's warrior. You may have heard of him. Um, and so we will move on to the cotillion, which is essentially the Pennsylvania Oaks. Um, this is a $1 million purse. So shout out to the people of Pennsylvania getting this right. Million dollars for the Phillies. Mile and a 16th over the dirt. Three-year-old Phillies, like I mentioned. Million bucks. Interesting field here. Um, all of you who listen to the show know that I, I did a lot of work on Phillies in the spring and a lot of names that we've heard. Will Secret ran third in Kentucky Dirt Oaks. She's the three-horse here. Maracuja, who has come on later, uh, ran um, and beat Malathat in the acorn, in the, uh, the, excuse me, the, uh, the Oaks, uh, the, uh, oh my gosh, coaching club of America Oaks at Saratoga, excuse me, in July wins that race. It's over $400,000 just in earnings this year has really come into our own. It's been really fun to watch. Our mattress has done a really nice job with this, uh, with this Philly. And so you get, uh, you get Kendrick Carmouche actually coming in, I think mostly for this race. I'm sure he'll pick up some other mounts through the day. But really, he's in for this race. Raced her three times before, helped her break her maiden at the highest level at Aqueduct um, in February, and then rode her again in the Gazelle, which is where we learned about search results for the first time. And Maracuja came second in that race. And then uh, Maracuja, of course, coming back and winning in the Oaks with uh, Ricardo Santana Jr. in the Irons. Ricardo uh, has another mount in this race with Clarière. We'll get to her in a second. Maracuja's the four horse here. Army Wife is coming in. She won the... Uh, she won the Black Eyed Susan this year and then went on to win the Iowa Oaks. She then ran third behind Malathat and Clarier at a mile and a quarter at, in the Alabama. And then we do have the six Clarier, Ricardo and Steve Asmussen. Uh, and Clarier hasn't won since uh, the Rachel Alexandra at the fairgrounds in February, which is incredible to say because she's been a terrific horse all year, ran fourth at the Kentucky Derby. I think I had her in my top five of my Oaks rankings. The whole spring, really, really nice, really nearly nice Philly. Uh, Ricardo to start, then Joe Talamo, Tyler jumped on for the Oaks, um, gave her a good ride. She finished fourth, right? And then Irad's been riding her up in New York at Belmont and then at Saratoga, um, has been getting checks. She's made over a half million dollars just this year. She's already made 600000 in her career. She is a, she is a, a Curlin baby, a Bernardini mare, super royally bred 
fully expect that she's she's going to show up for this race. She is the morning line favorite, two to one. I don't agree with that number, but we'll move on from there. Of course, the seven private mission is scratched. Bob's not shipping her. <sighs> Whatever. Uh, always Karina's in this race. Um, I, I think we're all waiting for always Karina to figure out who she is. They're going to try her again at two turns, which they did in the Mother Goose. We had a really good second um, to Zagel. Excuse me, that was mile 16th at Belmont. That's one turn. Good second to, to Zagel there. Um, she was the favorite that day. Zagel came in for a price and beat her um, pretty soundly, a little over length. But uh, she did not show up very well next time out in the test. No shame in not showing up in the test. It's a tough, it's a tough race. Lost to Bella Sophia, super sensation, uh, sensational, excuse me, and uh, search results in that one. So um, she's in this race as well. I landed um, on the five and the six here. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean on Army Wife, who I saw in the Black Eyed Susan at Pimlico, and she was as good as I've seen a Philly run this year in person. One by over two lengths of a willful woman who I thought physically just looked like the winner that day. Um, and I even put on on Twitter before the rest. I was like, Hey, if you're looking for like an off the board shot here, the two willful women is just looking great. Joel Rosario in their irons that day. Why is the Iowa for the Oaks wins with her in the Oaks? Um, she comes back. She tries the Alabama. She's in the lead the entire race, but again, we're going a mile and a quarter did not work out. She's one for one lifetime at a mile and a 16th. That was in the Iowa Oaks mile and an eighth at the Black Eyed Susan at Pimlico, she wins. Willful Woman's coming out at the end. Doesn't matter. She doesn't have time to make it up. She doesn't have that mile and a quarter distance. It's only a mile and an eighth. I like Army Wife to get out near the front or at the front in this field. And then a mile and a 16th, I think, is perfect for her. Clearier has won at this distance twice, in fact. She's only ever gone two turns, by the way. Clearier is an incredible horse. She's run eight times. She's gone two horse, two, uh, two turns. And you're curling, baby. I guess we could just do that, right? And and so there's nothing wrong with Clarier. If Clarier wins this race, I think all of us go, yeah, okay, yeah, she's classy as bleep. Yeah, of course, right? But I think Arby Wife is equally classy, if not classier, frankly. I think just she's shown in slightly lower level races that she's really, really classy. And so give me those two in this leg, five and six, that's it. That's all I'm going to take in this leg um, as part of our pick four. And then the last, and that is the last leg of the pick four. So I have starting race eight, going through race 11, all nine horses in the first leg. Then the five, eight, and 12. And then Jackie's were the seven. And then the five and six. And the pick four, if I had left this up, um, I'll have to redo the math here, but I think it was $24. And so um, let me rerun the numbers, but it was nine horses. It was great radio. I apologize to everybody. And then three horses and Jackie's Warrior, and then two horses in the Cotillion. And that was $27, excuse me. And so for $27, we can get nine horses, three horses, one horse, and two horses. Again, all five, eight, 12, the seven, and then five and six. Um, then we move on to race 12, which is the big boy of the day, the Pennsylvania Derby, grade one, uh, mile and an eighth on the dirt, four three-year-olds, million bucks, really nice field here. And frankly, a nice mix of horses that we met on the Derby trail and horses that came into their own after the triple pound season. So we see a Folsom here who has won the Matt Wynn at Churchill Downs, won the Oaklawn, um, at Oaklawn Park, obviously, um, over a mile and an eighth, one high-level allowance over sloppy track at Keeneland. So this horse was won at Keeneland, Oakland Park, and Churchill Downs this year. Didn't have the, the showing in the Indiana Derby that I think he wanted. Frankly, Brad Cox's face after that, who we were up there doing the show, looking at Florent Giroux, like, what just happened here? Uh, was really interesting. Well, Folsom comes back and wins the Smarty Jones at Parks. Where are we? Parks. 12 to 1 on this horse in this field. That tells you how deep they think this field is. Now, 
12 to 1 came out before Medita Spirit was scratched. Okay. Keep me in mind is, is, is the two horse here. This horse still qualifies for a non two life, by the way. <laughs> this horse still qualifies for a non two life, has made over $700,000 in his life. Pretty incredible. Picks up Joel Rosario again. Robertino Diodoro obviously thinks a lot of this horse. Last time out, ran fourth in the Traverse, ran second in the Jim Dandy before that, third in the Ohio Derby before that, and then ran in the Preakness before that, running fourth. Uh, back when David Cohen was still in the iron. So the horse has hit top four in his last four races, all of them graded stakes. Trying to pick up a check here as well. Uh, Speaker's Corner is the is kind of the buzz horse here. Has never gone more than seven furlongs. This is the Bill Mott, one of those horses we talked about later in the year, won a $100,000 allowance race at Saratoga last time out at seven furlongs. The training's been awesome. And so going sprint to route, Bill Mott's a 15 percenter lately. That's awesome, right? And these two combined, he and Jose hit it 30%. So that's the kind of horse that is can jump up and win. Wayburn is the four here. Wayburn is, by the way, still eligible for a non-three-lifer. Won the Gotham at Aqueduct. Has never run at Parks. Uh, broke his maiden at, um, I thought it was Aqueduct. Yeah, at Aqueduct. So his two wins are at Aqueduct. He hasn't won anywhere else. Um, the best other finish was in the Pegasus at Monmouth. That horse is uh, 12 to one before scratches. Um, and then other horses to mention here, I think Burbonic is the six that horse has won three times. Last win was in the wood, uh, you know, at a huge price. Is that horse more like the huge price or was he more like the West Virginia Derby horse that we just saw at Mountaineer over three after over a, a mile and an eighth running third. I don't think he's much of a player here. Hot Rod Charlie is in this race and is going to be the favorite. And I imagine by the time they go off, we'll be six to five, seven to five, that kind of number. I think the race is pretty simple. You either think that he's going to come back after two months and win, or you try to beat him. And I think there are a couple of horses that you can try to beat him with. And to me, it's the eight midnight bourbon who was right there with essential quality in the Travers and had had the lead for a while over a mile and a quarter. We're going a mile and an eight. This is another horse, a bit like army wife that doesn't have to go that extra little bit. I'm wondering if we can't get from hot rod, Charlie, excuse me, from midnight bourbon, the eight, the type of performance where he's going a little bit less like he did. Um, he was in the Haskell before the accident, of course, comes back, runs really well in, in the Traverse. Keeps Ricardo Santana Jr. who ran him in the Traverse to a 107 speed figure. I think that's the horse most likely to beat Hot Rod Charlie. I really like American Revolution coming in here. Louis Sias, Todd Pletcher, won the Albany last time out at Saratoga to Milan in eighth. By five lengths <laughs> and like going away. And so give this horse the mile and an eighth and find out what happens. Ran a 98 speed figure, ran a buck 49, a minute 49 in that race. I got to stay at so saying a buck. Um, that's two seconds slower than the Haskell time this year. But remember, it's a hand ride the last eighth of a mile, essentially, in the Albany for American Revolution. At full speed, all out, can this horse win at the distance? I think he can. I think he can get that extra second or two seconds off his time. And then I, the other long shot that I like here is the three speaker's corner. Can Bill Mott turn this horse into a two turner? Can Jose do the right rating with this horse to give him, can he save ground enough to go that distance? Even last time out in that highest level allowance at Saratoga over seven furlongs wins by five lengths. Can he repeat that? Can he do that again? It's a terrific question. I don't know the answer, but we can find out. So to me, you either single Hot Rod Charlie or you play the 8, 10, and the 3 and try to beat him. Um, and, and that's where I kind of landed on that leg. 
And then the last leg, which is like uh, is race thirteen, the Alphabet Soup Handicap, it is a, a two hundred thousand dollar race for Pennsylvania breads. It's a mile and a sixteenth, a mile and a sixteenth on the turf for three year olds and up, two hundred thousand dollars. I landed on two horses here, and I'm going back to the well, the Parks Well, and uh, I'm going with uh, the Pennington Ness combination, hitting at thirty five percent at Parks, uh, with the one you must chill who won last time out. The uh, trainer goes, uh, Jimmy Ness goes. Uh, 30% back-to-back, which is unbelievable. And so this is the kind of race where you look for the horse in the right spot. Five-year-old Gelding knows the course. One at this distance. Last time out was one for two lifetime at the distance. I think can absolutely do it again. And then I also landed on the seven, who's wait for it. Another um, another mid-Atlantic type of horse. One over a sloppy course. Excuse me. Uh, one over um, the, the synthetic at Presque Isle in the hard spun. Um, two, ter- two times back uh, in July. Just a good feeling about this horse coming back into this spot, I, I think is is not necessarily dropping into it, but you know it has been running in this Pennsylvania class. Six-year-old gelding here, running well lately. The training has looked really good at parks as well. Some one and se- seven, one, or one and seven in the last race. And um, so if you wanted to do the late pick five, and this was interesting to me actually, because it starts with that, that turf monster in race nine. I don't have more than three horses in any of the legs. And so if you went five, eight, 12 in race nine, then single Jackie's warrior, then the five and the six in the cotillion. And then you liked hot rod Charlie, So you single him and then you play two horses in the last, it's a $6 ticket. Okay. So obviously you could expand that out. You could punch all in the last, right? So there's 11 horses in the last. So all you would have to do, it's instead of playing a $6 ticket, you play a $33 ticket. You got everybody at the, in the last of the pick five. That's pretty cool. Or instead of singling Hot Rod Charlie, if you play three horses in the, in the Pennsylvania Derby, the three, eight, and 10, it's only a $24 pick five. And in that scenario, frankly, you're probably hitting a bigger ticket because you're avoiding Hot Rod Charlie and you're hitting something else. And so I think there's two ways to play that. Either that skinnier one where you're really spreading the last or you get that opportunity to try to beat Hot Rod Charlie in race 12 with the 8, 10, and 3 and take your chances with the 1 and the 7 in the last. All right, folks, so hopefully we'll get some of the the band back together next week and uh, we will be able to have a more full rendition of the Horse Racing Happy Hour. If you've stuck it out to this point, I really appreciate it. Our drink of the week, by the way, (laughs) um, now that it seems to not matter at all, but uh, I'll talk about it anyway, is uh, the Finlandia Raspberry with grapefruit juice, lemon juice and just a little bit of triple sec and um it's essentially like a uh a breakfast collins but uh with grapefruit and so uh, it's really really refreshing and we thank our friends with finlandia uh for shooting that one over to us but anyway i am louis robo at louis robo on twitter you can find our show at horse happy hour on twitter as well and uh thanks so much for listening we'll catch you next week <laughs>